Welcome back to the Marketing Moment with DB Dynamo. I'm your host, David Berry, with my co-host, Julia Reynolds. And I'm not going to put her on the spot and make her say anything awkward today unless she, unless she feels compelled to, uh, to share something. But I always put her on the spot and I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, but as if you guys have been back here listening to us in the past, you know that we're an e-commerce agency that sells products for the body. So unofficially, if your customers eat it or wear it, we help you sell it. And this podcast has been going on for, for several months now. I think we're going on month five or six uh, by the time you're hearing this. And our, we've evolved a little bit. If you've been listening lately, you know that our goal is to give you actionable content that you can take away and use in your own businesses today. And this week, we have five tips for growing a subscription-based business. And I would argue that a lot of retail and e-commerce businesses have subscription um, components to them. They may not view themselves as true subscription-based um, you know, businesses like, you know, for example, Pop Sugar or, or whatever, or, or Ipsy. They, um, but they do have subscription components to them where there's an item that somebody needs to order frequently in order to get use out of it. So body wash, razor blades, um, shampoos, conditioners, and other things too, I'm sure that I'm leaving out. But so looking at, looking at it through the lens that you might have a subscription box or you have an item or items that people use more than once, this is an episode for you. So, you know, there's extraordinary advantages, obviously, and, and perhaps some disadvantages to a business like this. Uh, but now more than ever, Subscription models, and, and this is especially true during COVID when people were a lot more reluctant to go out to stores, especially in the early going, I think that's subsided a little bit, but getting things directly to people's doors and eliminating middlemen and you know getting out in public and, and being exposed to other people, um, they're as valuable as they've ever been. The S&P 500 sales in Q1 2020 contracted at um, just about a 2% annual rate, which obviously is never good for, for the stock market. But subscription-based revenue continued to thrive, growing at 9.5% in the same quarter, which is significant, uh, not just on its own for, for a business to move that significantly in one quarter, but especially compared to what the S&P 500 did at the same time. Now, subscription models at a basic level are based on the idea of selling a product or service to receive monthly or, or yearly uh, on a recurring revenue subscription model that benefits, obviously, both the business and the user. Now, it's good work if you can get it, but securing customers isn't all that matters. As we know, the subscription model only really works if it's about delivering consistent ongoing value. And that's what we're going to talk to you about. So we have five methodologies, uh, which is just a fancy word for things, <laughs> for achieving growth in a subscription-based business. I'll tee up what they are, and then Julia is going to take you through number one. Number one is gain understanding. Number two is customer retention is key. Number three, utilize social channels with intention. Number four, add additional offerings, including upsells or premiums. And number five is build a referral program. So that's where we're going. Julia is going to tell you about number one, gaining understanding. Yeah. So number one, gaining understanding. Thanks, David. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the greatest misstep that subscription-based business advertisers make is not doing enough ongoing research. So while you can have a good idea worth its weight in gold, if you miss the mark by skimping on research of your target market and competing brands, you're stuck. So specifically, you're looking for user characteristics and behaviors that will help you achieve the best outcomes. Obviously, that's always the goal, the best outcome. And testing the models of competitors or of brands in different verticals who made waves of their own and, and had their own successes and seeing how you can implement that maybe for your subscription. So for starters, make sure that your Google Analytics is properly installed on your website. This can be challenging in my experience, but 
getting it right is crucial. So it provides you with countless insights like your subscribers, your website visitors, with even more specific demographics like age um, and behaviors and those kinds of things. But the real magic comes from Google Tag Manager where you can have different pixels installed to track hyper-specific details. So things like purchasing behavior, lifetime value, site visitors, and more. So once you've gathered this important information, you can figure out what you need to do to improve your site. So you understand what motivates your audience, both with your brand uh, and in general, and you can do things like sending surveys or requesting reviews, or honestly even reading the comments and messages you get on social media um, to learn more about your subscribers. So you need to have a holistic understanding of your audience before you go blow your dollars on something that might and probably won't work. Yeah, those are great insights. And and I, you know, I agree with everything, Julia, that you just said. And granted, we kind of gave you like the, I guess like the, the sampler of each of those things. But I think if I could summarize that, it really comes down to having good uh, analytical, you know, qu quantifiable data, like the stuff that you would get from Google Analytics or Google Tag Manager. But yeah, I, I follow a lot of startup, you know, founders on, on LinkedIn and the part about you know, actually reading comments and messages that they receive on social media or even feedback that they get directly through email has been substantial in terms of the anecdotal insights that allow them to transform their product offerings. And that's a huge, huge one because your customers will tell you in very literal terms, the things um, that they're looking for and that you can, you can tweak your, your service offering and meet them on. Um, so that's, that's a huge start. Number two is customer retention as key. And it's key in a subscription-based business for obvious reasons, um, because it's predicated on retention. And therefore, it's critical to ensure a great customer experience once the script subscription has been initiated. So don't think that just because they signed up for a subscription that they're going to stay on the subscription. It's your job to continue to deliver value, not just in the product itself, but in all of the touch points that happen pre-delivery, during delivery, um, and, and after. So continuous you know, automated follow-ups, for example, um, how-to demos, incentives, news, updates. These are all things that can feel very personalized, but the reality is if you know your product, you can anticipate the types of questions that people are going to have about how to use them. So get ahead of it and, and get that content in front of your, your subscribers so that when the box arrives or the product arrives or whatever it is, they're ready and they know how to use it and what they're supposed to do. And great customer service is the second leg of that, or the two components of keeping your customers cheerful. Again, we're oversimplifying a couple things. Now, some businesses fall into this trap of operating a reactive customer strategy. Instead, try a proactive approach. Don't just wait for them to complain or ask questions. As you receive more feedback through client surveys, or, uh, or I'm sorry, client surveys, um, client reviews, analytics, try anticipating the needs of your customers by utilizing that feedback as an input to the outputs that you use in terms of content. So this is going to improve your user experience and ultimately it's gonna create the client retention that you need to be successful. To keep a customer listening, innovating, testing, and offering exclusive early access to new trials in, in our experience is a meaningful way to keep them on the hook and always wondering what they're gonna get next. Um, I talk a lot about sneaker you know, type of stuff here. And if you get to like, for example, on the Nike sneakers app, if you purchase enough items and you get to a certain level, you kind of unlock, a, I don't even, I know there's a name for it, but it's like a special group, but that could be a great way to, um, to get great feedback from your customers and also give them incentives for, for being those good customers by giving them something in exchange for, for their feedback and their participation in the process. 
And on top of being proactive, you can create a personal relationship with these subscribers and you get to nurture that relationship moving forward. Um, how do you do this in a tactical sense? It could be through email, it could be through SMS, text messaging, social media channels. Those are some of the obvious ones. And this is ultimately going to create a relationship with your followers and gives you the opportunity to share more about your business and obtain more new subscribers because people who are delighted will often share and tell their peers about the great experiences they're having. And so in contrast, and just to talk about some specificity, SMS or text messages, those work best for significant time sensitive, noteworthy messages. Somebody needs an answer now. And sending those messages that fit these standards can assist you in keeping your clients informed and thus creating customer retention. Months ago, and this actually may be a blog, I'm not sure if it ended up as a podcast episode that, um, that, that was on our website, but essentially customers who could go online on a chat feature and get an answer to their question uh, in under, I think three minutes, or, or under, I'm sorry, in under 20 minutes, were willing or, or ultimately ended up spending, I think, eight to 10 times as much as those who had to wait more than a day or two to get a response. So it's not just about service for services sake, it's service about value sake because people buy with their degree of satisfaction and that's an important one. Uh, and perhaps the most robust of the ones that you're gonna hear during today's episode. So Julia, uh, take it for, for number three. Yeah, so number three is to utilize social channels with intention. It is not enough to just post and pray. You can't do that anymore. It's not cutting it. Some social channels aren't great at broadcasting to lots of people, but they are great at generating rich, meaningful one-to-one -one interactions. So like Twitter, Instagram can do that, but it also offers organic reach, DM capabilities, <clears throat> Instagram shopping, and more. As we've seen, Instagram's been rolling out all kinds of features. TikTok is definitely not an emerging player, even though some people might still look at it that way. It is a monster. It will sell out products overnight. And yeah. especially with Gen Z, it's a great creative outlet for brands with a specific point of view. So social media is where we spend our lives. Like, be honest with yourself. It's probably <laughs> where you spend your life. And if you're in this industry, it most certainly is. My life has been on Twitter, surprisingly, lately. I just became a, a Twitter fight, but interesting yeah i mean i've always had my twitter account yeah but that's that's been my go-to lately yeah I, I feel like twitter is a classic at this point it's it is yeah it's reliable it. it's like a buick exactly. <laughs> yeah but social media allows brands and businesses to showcase what they're about tell your story we talked about it in our last episode the point the the importance of storytelling uh and you can build a community that's what people are looking for on social media obviously it can be very isolating but if you are someone or you being your brand or someone who can build that community where people feel like their voice is being heard and they're important and they like engaging, that is infinitely valuable. So it increases brand awareness. It humanizes your brand. It is, you can establish yourself as a leader in your industry and you can take advantage of these one-to-one -one interaction opportunities that you might not get elsewhere. Yep. And that's a great point. And, and one of the other things I think we talked about this on last week's episode is the importance of being real and authentic. Uh, if you're going to create, you know, a forum, so to speak, or, you know, a community where your users can congregate and discuss or whatever, ignore the instinct to sell them, right? Like if they're already joining the community, they're going to do that for you. <laughs> um, if they're, if they cared enough about your brand to be in that space in the first place, let, let them navigate the conversation. Um, mini, you know, mini Cooper, the, the car company is a great example. They're one of the best events that mini Cooper has ever, um, been associated with is one that was actually a, a car rally all around the country that was put together by loyal 
like obsessed mini drivers and mini just kind of co-opted it and said, yeah, we'll, we'll send you guys merch and all this sort of stuff, but they stay clear. They let, you know, they participate to the extent that they are excited that the brand is involved, but the, but the people uh, who are the buyers and the consumers of the product are the ones driving the community. Um, number four is adding additional offerings, including upsells and premiums. So, you know, like standalone products, subscription-based products are not necessarily one size fits all. And, and for example, an individual might have varying needs even in their own product life cycle. So, you know, Dollar Shave Club, for example, I was an early adopter for that brand. I bought razor blades from them in the beginning. That's what they were called. And then it, over time, they, you know, offered other products. At some point, I kind of fell out of love with their razor blades, but I fell in love with their other products. So, the, the behaviors are, are going to change. And that's why you always want to anticipate that what makes them happy today may not make them happy tomorrow. And, and similarly, I guess, to the same point, fatigue can set in if repetition doesn't come with rewards or variety. So loyalty, you know, you might have a great product or but a lot of other people do too. And they might be loyal to you for six, seven, you know, eight months a year, who knows. Um, but without some variety or an incentive you know, for rewarding that loyalty, they, you risk losing them. So that's where upsells or premiums come in. I think loyal customers are loyal for a reason. They bought into your brand story or your quality, uh, the narrative, the service, or, or all of those together. But a great vehicle for growing lifetime value, which is really, I think, what we're all after, uh, of these types of customers is to give them more to sink their teeth into. So that could mean packing in more value at a higher price point, uh, introducing premium level subscription tiers so you can graduate into another and get a higher quality whatever uh, or incentivizing upsells to grow average shopping cart size as well so let's use dollar shave club right you've you've bought our razors for six months uh, we're going to give you an exclusive you know one time you know 30 percent off to try blank a body wash for example um, and, and also if you you know for every six months you stay with us maybe we'll send you a free box right just a couple of examples but finding a, a way to add additional offerings and including upsells and premiums is a, is a great way to to get people to stick around with your subscription product or uh, or just continue to be loyal and Julia take us home number five is building a referral program yes so we've talked about trust and building trust and building community but take advantage of the communities that are already built 92% of customers trust referrals from people they know. So think about that. Despite countless positive statistics about referral marketing, many businesses really don't have a program in place that work in conjunction with their other marketing channels. Mm -hmm. Yes, they can be labor intensive, but the payoff is worth it. In fact, they often become the fertile soil where influencer relationships are grown as well. For example, when customers refer someone new, that customer might earn a reward or a free month within their subscription or exclusive access to a new product before the public or free add-ons. Like it's up to you, but just make sure that it's real value. I think people are good at sniffing out what is just like bullshit value and just like <laughs> right. not like, okay, yeah, that, I'm sure that costs you a lot to like give me this so that I'm putting my own reputation on the line to like recommend this to a friend. Yeah. But, and sorry, I get so frustrated when like, yeah, there's a referral for a product that's like a hundred dollars and it's like, oh, we'll give you, you know, 10% back for a referral. I'm like, so I'm going to go out and send out a whole bunch of referrals on the off chance I might get $10 and your thing costs a hundred. Like, no, that's, that's worth yeah. it for you. That's not worth it for me. Exactly. So, you know, referral marketing can be great for selling subscriptions. Word of mouth is important for subscription businesses and leveraging the people that you know in your business is an important growth strategy. So 
build a referral program. I totally agree. Well, I agree because we, we helped put this podcast episode together. <laughs> so of course we agree. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's always the, the sticking point. And then we'll wrap it up is people are, are brands, right? Like they know as a customer that they want great value, but when they're on the, the brand side, they're very reluctant to offer the type of value they know will actually get customers to, to buy into. They operate from a place of fear instead of a place of optimism. Look, if you end up having to give away a significant amount of product or, or dollars back or whatever the case is, because you got so many new customers coming in the door, then you're, you're not losing any sleep, right? <laughs> that's, that's a great problem. If we had a referral you know, incentive that was so good that our business just grew you know, by gangbusters, like, trust me, we would dive into it. Um, and, and just keep that in mind too. You know, like there's, there's obviously limits to the, what the ceiling is and what you can give away, but don't be afraid to provide a, a good, valuable, meaningful incentive because it will, it will pay back to you tenfold. So that is what we have for today. As always, don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and watch our, our pretty faces on YouTube. And we hope you got some great value out of this. Um, don't forget to share with your friends. And as always, you can visit us on dbdynamo.com if you want to check us out there and leave any questions. We will see you next week.